The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Know the difference. Now, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. We are on the air. Let's get it going. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. 60 minutes of presentation of the way we think, the way we operate on the way. Do you need an LLC? It's a question that we get quite often. And as it happens, uh, one of our wealth managers did this for a number of years because why, Dave? He's an attorney, right? Again, it talks about the bench strength of Annex Wealth Management, and we'll talk more about that. Ask Annex is coming up. The last time I'm going to do this, but... The worst TikTok financial advice. We're going to go through and see what the worst has been and what. Well, here's here's the point, Dave, is where are you getting your advice from? Right, right. That matters. It should be from YouTube. <laughs> it should not from, be uh, from from TikTok. From TikTok. Yeah, uh, Dion Phillips here about the sandwich generation. That's a tough spot to be, but we got some tips on how to handle that. I'm Danny Clayton. Derek Felsky is our chief investment officer. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Danny. Dave Spano, president and CEO. Welcome to you. Good. Thank you, my friend. You know, it's the first week is in the books, and we are really prepped to have an economic and earnings season report cards coming up. We did get some economic reports this week, and most importantly, we got a CPI report, and that's going to come through and set up some of the earnings reports we're going to get over the next several weeks. Right. The CPI report came on Thursday. It was relatively benign. Uh, we saw the first drop since last summer, primarily driven by lower prices of gasoline and used cars. So that was a positive. Uh, some people had been, I think, waiting to position themselves after that report. And so we saw a very strong week. We saw the S&P up almost 2%, NASDAQ up 3 and small caps leading the way up more than 4%. And so the, the true story is is now what is the Federal Reserve going to do? It's been the story, of course, of 2022. And uh, either way, they're near the end of their rate hiking. We'll probably see something in February, uh, very likely 25 to 50 basis points. And then we'll have to see if they pause and hold and see the data going forward. Right. I mean, the, the market's expectation is they may, in fact, ease towards the back half of the year. That's not really our base case as in an investment committee. But historically, what the Fed has done essentially is follow the yield on the two-year trend. Treasury note. And right now, with that forecasted increase of 25 basis points, as you mentioned, Dave, that puts them roughly in line with where the two-year is. In fact, slightly higher. So the two-year has done its job, essentially telling the Fed what to do. Well, that's really the point. So, you know, the bond king, uh, Jeff Gunlock, made a lot of news this past week. And of course, we, you know, the old axiom is don't fight the Fed, but maybe the Fed's not in charge, according to Jeff Gunlock. Right. Historically, he, he has a really uh, great chart that we, we've included in our talking points for our wealth managers over the weekend. And you see that basically that two-year yield has led Fed fund increases and decreases over time. Uh, The other thing that Gunlock said actually during a conference call that I thought was very interesting. Now, again, he's a bond manager, so he's probably talking his book to some degree. But he feels that bonds are an extraordinary value at at current levels, whereas he does not believe the same is true for stocks. So he actually suggested that people ought to flip their allocation towards bonds relative to stocks. 
I'm not prepared well, to he go said, that he far. Well, he said it was a 60-40, not if it's in more than that. But if it's 60-40 equity to bond, he thought maybe you overweight bonds and underweight equities was his point. Right, and that may very well apply to someone who's retired, who's conservative, and is looking for a paycheck, because right now there are alternatives. The one-year Treasury yield is north of 4%, first time we've said that in years. So that's a good situation for retirees. The question is, what is this Fed input going to do on earnings and growth of the economy going forward? We know they've been raising interest rates, and we know M2 growth has slowed. So the odds in inflation has peaked are very high, but it could be sticky in certain areas. You know, you made a really good point. One of my favorite macro guys, uh, Jason Trenard, came up with a saying years ago called Tina. There is no alternative, which, you know, we always used to joke, Danny, that was my Italian cousin. cousin, Right, but now there is an alternative, as Derek points out, Tara. There is a reasonable alternative, and that's really what's happening. There is a spot now for fixed income that we haven't seen, as you pointed out, in decades. Yeah, as an example, right now only 16% of the stocks in the S&P 500 yield yield more than 4%. That's the lowest number in 11 years. So when we were talking about equities being advantaged relative to fixed income, that was when interest rates were extraordinarily low and you could pick up higher dividend yields in the S&P plus the upside potential of stocks. That has flipped. And that's part of the reason Gunlock is suggesting that. So, you know, as as one looks at their portfolios, understand the fear and greed index, which was in the low 30s uh, just a month ago, is now back to 61, the highest level we've seen since December. So it really is a good time to do, as you say, take a look at what you own and why you own it. Does Tara also show up for Sunday dinner? <laughs> she does. She's she does. the loud one. All right, there's Tina, there's Tara, the loud one. Folks, if you like the Week in Review and you want to catch it on demand this weekend, it's available in a couple of different places. The Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel, the Axiom, that's our free weekly newsletter that's delivered on Sunday mornings. You can catch it on Spotify at the top of the hour. Head to our website if we can help you. Click that Get Started button. It's AnnexWealth.com. This is Wildcard Weekend. We are glad you're here. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, Sunday, January 15th. Quick break. We're going to be right back. 92.5 Fox News. Somebody asks, you good? Good seems to be our common response socially. How's work? How was the trip? How's the family? They're good. For the most part, it's our standard response without saying much at all. So how's your money? How are your investments? How are your retirement plans? Given the markets, inflation, and a looming recession, it might be hard to even answer. Good. It's time to get an honest assessment of where you are and where you're headed. It's time for Annex Wealth Management. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. From there, we work to learn what's important to you. Annex will build a plan that addresses your financial, retirement, tax, and estate planning. The fee-only fiduciary team at Annex Wealth Management can change the conversation. We don't want you to answer good. We want you to feel the confidence of saying, great. One team, one plan, one fee. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com. We're back. One team, one plan, one fee. What that means is investment and retirement planning, tax planning and estate planning from a fee-only fiduciary. A couple things you can do this weekend. Sign up for the Axiom, our free weekly newsletter. We're on social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, with over 1,500 Annex Wealth Management produced videos. SWAT podcasts. You want to dig in deep on the markets. Our investment team puts that on every Monday, usually up by about 9 or 10 in the morning. That's on Spotify. And just quick reminder, this show is available on demand at the top 
top of the hour on Spotify. Derek Felsky is our chief investment officer in the studio on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Dave Spano, our president and CEO. I'm glad that you referenced the wildcard week, and I'll tell you what, if you're an investor, you better be nimble because there's a lot of stuff coming down the pike here in the next 90 days, and we're going to see earnings season starting, and that's going to be the first step. But then we're going to go through a Fed meeting and then post all of this stuff. We're going to have to talk about what's next and have we seen the lows for equities. Right. I mean, so bank earnings uh, came on Friday. I mean, I would basically call them mixed. Uh, J.P. Morgan, as an example, had run up 40% in front of that earnings report. And while they did beat analyst estimates, the stock did trade off a little bit on, you know, call it profit-taking. Bank right. America also reported good results. Wells Fargo and Citicorp both had more challenging quarters. And then finally, Delta, an airline, actually beat consensus estimates but did lower forward guidance. And Danny, you and I talked about the issues with the computer shutdown this week in the airline stocks. And they still went up. And they still went up, despite all of those planes being grounded. One of the things I saw in the CPI report was, is one of the costs that did go up was airfares. Does that mean better profitability? Well, Maybe. Generally, it does. But I'll tell you, there's a lot of cheap fares out there right now. Earnings, of course, uh, are going to be the story over the next several weeks, and it's going to be every stock for itself. What are your earnings? You know, How are you trading? What industry are you in? Are going to be really important. I know you talked about banks and airlines, Derek, but of course, uh, there is going to be a big push about is the total S&P 500 earnings overpriced? There's a lot of earnings that have not come down and that we expect we might see over the next couple of weeks. Well, right. And, and 2022 was really a year where multiples got compressed. Earnings actually were reasonably solid all year long, primarily due to the strength of the energy sector. And while we expect the energy sector to face much more difficult comparisons in the coming year, which could reduce S&P growth rates, the forecasts are for S&P earnings to be down 4.4% year on year. We think that's probably overly pessimistic. But the real debate is what is 2023 and 2024 going to look like? We, you know, The consensus estimate for the S&P is that the 500 companies will earn around $228. There are analysts who have numbers below low $200 for 2023. Mike Wilson of Morgan Stanley, namely the lowest at 180. Our research partner, Stratega, is roughly 200. So there is some potential downward revisions to earnings estimates. And that's the challenge for us as an investment committee. What multiple do we want to pay on earnings and what level of earnings do we believe is achievable? You know, we go back to a year ago when you and I were talking about what's called the M2, the monetary supply, and the fact that it was shocking to us that the Federal Reserve was confused that the printing of all of these dollars, modern monetary theory was going to cause inflation. But it's gone back a long time. And of course, now what's happening is liquidity is being removed from the markets, something we haven't seen since probably 07 and 08. And that unequivocally will have an effect on earnings. Uh, certainly will. And then, you know, you, th- you think about the lag effect, right? I mean, no one really knows how long these lags are. They could be six to 18 months. And a lot of that can have to do with sentiment as well. And meanwhile, you didn't mention the Fed with their quantitative tightening, where they're basically allowing uh, fixed income issues to roll off their balance sheet as they try to prepare themselves to have the bullets during the next downturn that we face. So we don't believe the Fed put is in existence. We think the market's going to have to you know, make progress on their own, depending on the earnings profile. But the good news is the fourth quarter, Atlanta Fed is sitting at about a 3% number for Q4. So it's hard to imagine companies having uh, bad earnings reports. It's that guidance that we have to pay attention to, because any number of folks are out there suggesting that the, the likelihood of a recession remains fairly high. Jamie Dimon, in fact, during the conference call famously a few months ago, said there was a hurricane coming. Well, 
now he, he kind of backpilled a little bit, told it a summer squall, but he, yeah. they do see a mild recession at J.P. Morgan. And that's going to be important, folks, because, you know, really the economy does bottom out after the stock market. So the stock market senses those things out, and they get to a bottom six to nine months before. We haven't seen it yet. Maybe the recession gets pushed back. A lot of detail to come down the road. If you are a little unsettled about what 2023 and beyond is presenting to you as far as your investment and retirement planning, can we help? Head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. You click that Get Started button. You start the wealth metric process. Again, it's AnnexWealth.com. Click on that Get Started button. Do you need an LLC? What are the reasons it might make sense for you? That's next on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Have you been waiting on the sidelines for the right moment, the right headline, or the right insight to get serious about your financial plan? At Annex Wealth Management, we've learned that, unfortunately, there are no sidelines in financial planning. Doing nothing may shield you from immediate pain, but it could delay or deny your long-term retirement goals. As a fee-only fiduciary, our in-house team will work with you to create one comprehensive plan that focuses on you. Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Keith Butler, a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Hey, Keith, welcome back. Great to be here, Danny. The gig economy, the side hustle, the part-time extra job, all ways people use time and talent to earn extra money. With extra income comes a responsibility to report to the IRS. Yeah, you can get paid in cash, but for the purpose of this segment, we're going to consider wages you report on your income tax. And you might be asking, do I need an LLC? Keith, the first category we'll talk about for tax purposes is a sole proprietor. Does that cover most of side hustles? Oh, I'm sure it does, yes. be a bit unusual, I would think, for people to enter into sort of a partnership, for lack of a better word, after their retirement in order to get things done, because that would be a, a kind of more of a full-time gig, I would almost think. Okay. So yeah. the Keith Butler Lawn Mowing Company, you, you <laughs> would be the sole proprietor, yes, right? Yes, you would. Indeed. Okay. Yes. I've read that unless your side work produces thirty to $40,000 in annual income, there's no benefits to move past sole proprietor. Is that right? I would say no. And the reason is the reason you would move past sole proprietor to form an entity in order to run your business would be to protect liability. And that would be really the nature of the business itself and whether it lends itself to potential liability uh, rather than any sort of income. Next up is the LLC. That's the Limited Liability Company. I hear LLC all the time. What exactly is that? That is an entity. It wasn't a thing until a couple of decades ago, and then it became very, very popular because it has fewer formalities than a corporation does, and it protects from liability. It falls into two categories as far as how you think about it. One is a single-member LLC, and one is with multiple members. Now, it can be done for a business, and what you're contemplating here when we're talking about side hustles is kind of a, is a business. The other way that LLCs could be used are for what we call passive investments, like if you bought a, a four-family or a commercial oh, building, sure. just real estate renting out, passive investment. We're talking now about an actual company where you're, where you're providing services or goods in, in exchange for fees. My opinion, and this may not be held by everyone, but my opinion is that for a business that has more than one person, you're better off with a corporation than a, an LLC. Why is that? Because the corporate law has great structure. You, know, you have shareholders who are owners. They elect a body called a board of directors that oversees the big picture and elects officers. And then it has officers that run day to day. And if you look at the LLC law, it is managed by either a manager or its members. But what do LLCs do? 
They elect board of directors. I see this all the time. They elect board of directors. They have a president. That's not a thing in LLC law, but they do it anyway because it makes sense. And that's what corporations are. Okay. You're talking about an LLC as being something much larger, I guess, than I pictured. Are any LLCs just for one and two person shops? Absolutely. And that's why I said, going back to the single member, if you have your little side gig in return with just one person, then go ahead. And, and an LLC would be just fine because it'll accomplish the goal of protecting you from liability without needing all the formalities of a corporation. So for one person, I think it, it is very handy. One thing to always keep in mind, if you're doing this as a business and you do it as an LLC uh, to protect yourself from liability, you have to respect all the formalities of an LLC, meaning that your billing, if you send an invoice, have it in the name of the LLC, open up a bank account in the name of the LLC so that everyone knows they're dealing with an LLC and an entity, not you personally. The L and the L, limited liability, what kind of protection does it offer for the individual? Well, it would be anything that would relate to the business itself, unless where it could be pierced, we call it piercing the veil, would be, number one, if you didn't respect the formalities and someone thought, hey, I had no idea I was dealing with uh, you know Clayton lawn mowing, I thought I was dealing with Danny. Right. Um, and then they would sue you personally. The other would be if you took a negligent act in your indiv- as an individual, you would be held liable for that. Beyond the LLC, there are things, S-corps, right. C-corporations. Is that part of a discussion for anybody? And at what point? Yeah. I, well, again, I think it would be if you had more than one person and you're operating a, a business. I don't know that that's the, the side gig that we're talking about now. But uh, really, an S-corp and a C-corp, they're the same sort of entity. They have the same rules, the same operating structure. All is the same. But- S corporation has filed an election with the IRS to be taxed as a flow through entity. Somebody thinks they might need to look into an LLC. Who do they talk to? Their lawyer. Lawyer. Yeah, I would, I would do that. And if you're thinking about how to have it taxed, that way you would talk to your accountant. If you had multiple people, should we be a corporation? Should we be an S corp? Should we be a C corp? That would be a, a conversation to have with your accountant, I think. So originally when I was thinking of this topic, I kind of picked you because I do like your style. And then you said, oh, I've done a lot of this because yeah, you are right. an attorney as yeah, well. Right. Back back in my uh, previous iteration of my career, I, I did these all the time. So you're a wealth manager with a slight bend toward the legal, I right. would think. Yes. Right. Annex Wealth Management has clients who fall into every one of these categories. And we work with our clients on various business ventures because this is a very large and a very important part of their financial plan. Keith Butler, Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management, thank you for joining us. Oh, pleasure, Dan. Hey, stick around. There's more to come. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? When we talk about team, we do so with various members of our investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning teams who contribute segments that demonstrate our knowledge and ability to help our clients on their way to and through retirement. 
Amy Bremer, CFP and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome to the show. Hey, Danny. Thanks for having me. So you're in the thick of things. You're constantly meeting with people who are curious about what Annex Wealth Management can do for them and working with current clients where you're part of the team that helps plan and execute investment and retirement plan, right? Yeah, absolutely. I've been with Annex now for over six years and work with a lot of families and all different types of paths and, and goals for their futures. So being a part of a number of conversations with interest interested parties or current clients or friends and neighbors, mm-hmm. right? You're on the receiving end of a lot of questions about what you do, I would think. Yeah, it comes up, you know, at the barbecue or, you know, oh man, you work at Annex? You'd be surprised the kind of questions I hear. Let's go through a couple. Oh, okay. Because maybe what you share might help some others and, and make them feel like, oh, I'm not alone in all this, right? Absolutely. Cool. And the first up is, is you told me that people ask you, what's the next hot stock? Yeah, everyone's looking for the next new Amazon or the new it thing that they can buy on the cheap and ride it on the way up. But I tell them that's not what I do and that's really not what Annex does. We really focus on financial planning and setting goals and helping you achieve them. So investing and having a diversified portfolio is just one part of that overall financial plan. You're right. That's not what we do. It's the bigger plan. Mm -hmm. Another question you get asked is, how am I or we doing compared to our peers? Does that mean like, okay, so your neighbors are asking, you know, how are we stacking up with everybody else you deal with? Yeah, the neighbors or even existing clients or folks that come to us to interview us to become their new financial professional team. And that's a difficult question to answer because it depends. It depends. It depends on how much your family spends every year. It depends on how much you've saved for your retirement. It depends on if you want to retire early or work longer. It's not so clear cut. And, you know, does it even matter how people are compared? I mean, this is like keeping up with the Joneses or something like that. Yeah. One, it doesn't really matter how you're doing against your peers. What matters is what you want in retirement and are you working towards achieving your specific goal? Are you saving enough? Are you planning enough with a professional? Amy Bremer is a CFP and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. She's part of this great team that works on behalf of our clients for investment and retirement planning. A lot of conversations and answers a lot of questions. We're going over a few that she shared with me. Next up, people say, I don't know what I have. Is it even good? Boy, that's typical. Dave Spano talks about that all the time. Know what you own. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes, Danny. You know, when you're in the backyard barbecue holding a beer while your husband's on the grill, people are asking you these questions and I don't know what these families have. So I say to them, well, you know, I don't know if it's good, but let's get together and let's look at it. And that's the power of working with a professional team like Annex is we can analyze that for you and make sure either confirm for you that you are on the right track or help you pivot and adjust to get you on a better track. Yeah. And we talk about that free portfolio analysis and many times, Randy and his team will talk about, we like this, this, and this, and that, that, and that could probably be a little better. So it is about that portfolio review. Here's another one that Amy gets. I know I'm supposed to save in my 401k, and I am, but I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, that's a tough one, too, because I think if you're a nurse at a hospital and your area of expertise is medicine and caring for, you know, NICU children or whatnot, you don't know a lick about what to pick for investing. And it's so confusing and it's so overwhelming. So I get that a lot. You know, I don't know what I'm doing. So then I say, well, let's look at it. Yeah. Let's look at it together. Let's collaborate. And I personally, in my role as a wealth manager, I can identify some of those 
those things, but I rely heavily on our investment team. Those are the guys watching Bloomberg charts all day long, reading all about the next new things and doing the investment picking in our client portfolios. Those are my experts. So I work with them to help families set their 401k portfolios to match the risk that they have with their existing accounts. Here's the last one, and I love this one. My kids need help, but they won't listen to mom and dad. Can you talk to my kids? So you'd be the, what, cool aunt? Yeah, Yeah. I am the cool aunt. My brother's got five kids. I love it. Yes, it is so hard with a kid parent relationship. You know, the kids are asserting their independence. They don't need mom and dad. Mom and dad love their kids to the moon and they want to set them up right. But there's just weird friction when it comes to kids and parents. So a lot of the families that I work with now on the cusp of retirement or in retirement, their kids are graduating college and starting their first careers. Lots of questions about paying off student loan debt, how to pick benefits. What's the difference between a high deductible health insurance plan and a HSA? And what do you mean I get long-term disability from work? What's that? They find that by asking me to talk to their kids, it's a neutral party. The children are more apt to listen to the advice. And I tell you, Danny, I love working with those young professionals because a few good decisions in your early to mid-20s could potentially set up, set you up for life. You know, there's a lot of questions and there's a lot of answers and there's a lot at stake. So rather than avoid asking questions that we just heard, especially if you're afraid you might sound uninformed, it's okay. Annex Wealth Management takes a lot of time to listen to our clients and those interested in engaging a fee-only fiduciary partner. Amy Bremer, CFP and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. A delight to have you. I hope you come back again. Thank you. My pleasure, Danny. Take care. How will tax increases in the Inflation Reduction Act affect your investment and retirement goals? It's time to reevaluate your plan. The Annex Wealth Management team has reviewed the new law and is ready to give your plan an independent review. No products to push on you, just serious planning. The in-house Annex team creates comprehensive plans that play out hundreds of possible scenarios, including sky-high inflation, lifestyle changes, and additional taxes. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? It is time for Ask Annex. You know, we recently had a couple of questions about advice seen on TikTok, the wildly popular, somewhat controversial social media platform that is owned by a Chinese company that may or may not be feeding back data to their government. People go to TikTok for all kinds of advice, but should you take financial planning advice from it? I found a list of the worst financial advice headlines on TikTok and thought I'd run them by our guests on the show today. Sarah Kyle, Wealth Manager, Annex Wealth Management. Hello. Hello, Danny. Got it. Are you on TikTok? <laughs> no. All right. Matt Morsey, investment team manager, CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Hey, Danny. And I'm not on it either. I figured you were not. <laughs> All right. I was and I'm off. It's so addicting. Let's roll through some of these TikTok advice headlines and see what you guys think of them. Here's one. Max out your 401k could be the dumbest advice. You know, this is one of those where, you know, it depends on the person, I think. For some people, that's the smartest thing they could do is to force that money into the 401k for the retirement spending, you know, down the road. But there's also other ways to save too, which would make somebody not want to max it out, whether it's a Roth 401k version, whether it's taxable savings, whether or not they need money in the short term versus the long term makes that decision, you know, personal. 
And, you know, we've always said that tax diversification is just as important as asset diversification. So you got to just check out your situation and where are you on the three buckets that we always talk about, the tax now, the tax later, the tax never bucket. We like to have that nice tax diversification. So like Matt said, everybody's different and you should seek your wealth advisor for information. I think the investment options, you know, matter within this as well, too. You know, you certainly want to be able to put in at least as much as to get that employer match if that's available to you. But if the investment options that are in that 401k are not great, you know, there's better ways to save than outside of that. TikTok advice headlines, how to make a million dollars or more with very little effort. What was their answer? I'd like to know. (laughs) I don't know. All I found was the worst headlines. I just played the lottery and I didn't win, which is why I'm still here. So I'd really like to know how to make that with little to no effort. As would I. Here's one. I see a stock going up and I buy it. Yeah. You know, for some people, that's what's called trend following. And if the stock's going up, that's a bullish sign and they'll want to buy more. Likewise, if it's going down, they want to sell and get out. But it certainly is a lot easier to say that than actually do that and to be able to know clearly what that person thinks is to know what's going to happen ahead of time. And the COVID days in 2020, when we had the stock market going up like crazy, all you had to do is wake up and the stocks were going up that day. So those 23 million new investors that came into the market really got a um, learning lesson that things don't always go up. Bad financial advice from TikTok, some headlines. The person names the company here, but I'll just say XXX could reach 100000 per share or more. And I checked, it's currently under $4 a share. <laughs> well, that's a long way to go. That's for sure. You see those things and, and you usually say that there's a price on a stock for a reason. Now, the price is somewhat subjective based on how many shares and the size of the company and all of that. But if something's trading at a couple of dollars a share, chances are it's not going to hit that $100,000, but you sure like that optimism. Yeah. And before you put that $100,000 price target on that, you might want to check the balance sheet and see what how much money they actually make and how much debt they actually have. It's pretty interesting. Here's one. Buy what rich investors buy. Yeah, there's lots of books that are out there that describe how certain investors, you know, invest their own money, whether they're rich already or they're a professional investor. You know, generally when they're writing those books and they're giving away what their so-called secrets are, they're probably either not that secret or that secret's going to go away and other people are going to do it. So it's hard to really replicate what they're doing. You know, the other problem, too, is that generally when people have sizable net worths, they have access to investments that not everybody else has as well, too. You know, there would be called an accredited investor. And so they're able to get into hedge funds or private equity or maybe they're in different private deals that the average person doesn't have. So it's hard to replicate that. Yeah, and they also have a higher risk tolerance. You know, maybe they can afford to have a stock go down 10% and still be okay. And maybe they can afford to stay in the market and invest in something that may not give them a return for three, four years, where an individual investor who's not an accredited investor might not have that flexibility. Here's the last from a list of the worst financial advice headlines on TikTok. Invest with cryptocurrency using a loan. Well, that's not going well this last year or so, that's for sure. Do people borrow money to invest? Oh, for sure. Within an investment account, it's called borrowing on margin or using margin. So you're paying, you know, an interest back to that custodian where you have those assets in order to leverage your investments, which obviously if things are going well, you're leveraging that upside and getting a, a higher return on it, but it can get out of hand in a hurry. And certainly in times like we've seen over the last year or in the financial crisis, you know, you could end up losing more money than you actually put in in the first place. I remember in the um, dot-com days in the year 2000 and also the great financial crisis, people were mortgaging their homes to put money in the market when it was going up. So it can be, like you said, it can get out of hand really quickly. 
A lot of crazy stuff out there. Don't fall for it. Be as wise with taking advice as you are careful with your money. For investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference? Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Sarah Kyle, Wealth Manager, Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. My pleasure. Matt Moore is the Investment Team Manager, CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Thank you. If you're caring for aging parents while raising children, you are in the sandwich generation. Tough spot, but we got some advice if that's you. We'll cover that next on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Are you waiting for a miracle to feel financially secure in retirement? In a recent study, over one-third of millionaires predicted their ability to feel financially secure in retirement is going to, quote, take a miracle. At Annex Wealth Management, we believe a plan, not a miracle, will help increase your retirement confidence. Annex Wealth Management listens. Then our team of experts gets to work using leading edge technology to build a comprehensive plan that covers investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning. We stress test it, run it through countless variables. Then, and only then, we present a framework for a financial plan tailored to your goals in retirement. And unlike our competitors, Annex doesn't have any products to push. No hidden fees or commissions. There's too much of that out there already. We're a fee-only fiduciary required to act in your best interest at all times. More planning, less miracles. Build confidence in your future with Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management, a segment addressing the sandwich generation. Deanne Phillips here to talk about it. Welcome back, Deanne. Hi, Danny. As Director of Client Learning and Development, CFP, CDFA, Certified Divorce Financial Analyst. You work with a wide variety of clients, and I'm sure you see clients who are struggling as part of the sandwich generation. But can you give us a quick explanation of what that is? Sure. It was a term that was coined originally in the 80s, believe it or not. The sandwich generation is that generation of people typically in their 40s or 50s responsible for bringing up their own children at the same time they're caring for their aging parents or other family members. In other words, they literally are sandwiched between two generations as active caregivers. And it's not easy duty. The number I've seen is an estimated 9 million sandwich generation caregivers. That is a lot. Yeah, and about 3 in 10 U.S. adults, just under 30%, have a child younger than 18 at home, and 12% of those parents provide unpaid care for an adult as well. So all told, these are multi-generational caregivers who often provide more than two and a half hours of unpaid care per day on average, according to the Pew Research Center analysis of the Bureau of Labor Statistics data. Yeah, and as you point out, this is not a full-time caregiver. It's either like somebody employed at a care center. The sandwich generation caregivers, they need to balance full-time jobs and the rest of their life. Right. So two-thirds of these caregivers are employed working about 36 hours per week at their own job and balancing the stress of that. But also, and you know, this is not necessarily a bad thing, Danny, but the amount of time that parents spend actively with their kids these days has gone up considerably now. Moms spend more than 40% more time with their kids than a mom did in the 1960s. And dad quality time has tripled as well. But when you combine this with full-time job and an average of 22 hours per week caring for an elderly parent on top of that, well, that can stretch the caregiver pretty thin. It's an assumption. Maybe it's not fair. Does this fall primarily on women? Yes. Increasingly, the sandwich generation definition could also include, besides the word female, the word 
millennial. Since the pandemic, millennial women have begun to fill the ranks, joining Gen Xers and boomers in the sandwich. According to a recent New York Life report, millennials are one third of all multi-generational caregivers now post-COVID. Part of this is because that generation has delayed parenting well into their 30s. And so now they're actually paying for child care and elder care at the same time. And that puts a financial squeeze on them as well. They still might also be paying student loans. And that millennial generation has a record amount of medical debt on top of it. So this really suggests an added need for financial and retirement planning for those facing those challenges. You mentioned boomers. This is a crazy stat. They're going to start reaching their 80s in 2026. Mm -hmm. But 60% of adults 65 and older have at least two chronic conditions. That's according to the CDC. More people living with dementia. That's more hands-on care. About 25% of dementia caregivers are also caring for children under the 18. I mean, God bless them. You know, if they can, you know, it it gets to some point where, of course, a child wants to do what's best for their parent. And sometimes physically, they just aren't able to meet the needs, too. It's easy to feel guilty about that when you're torn between those because you're torn between those two worlds because you feel a responsibility to your parent, but you've got the rest of your life as well. Well, you do. But you also, you know, sometimes it's for me. I mean, my mom was not a large woman, but just lifting her and dealing with that. I was afraid of hurting her. So it became that challenge. And this can absolutely lead to levels of added stress for these individuals. More women than men leave the workforce to care for their loved ones as well, as we both know, Danny. You know, it's a little wonder that a recent Transamerica Center for Retirement Studies report found one third of women surveyed said they're just getting by to cover basic living expenses. However, many haven't seen their retirement savings and income placed into a financial plan. They haven't been able to adequately visualize that future. This is an important step, as we know here at Annex, seeing the plan and what you can do now to make sure your financial and, you know, your personal goals are also met in the future. So what needs to happen with a conversation with loved ones in your family who will need a plan for diminished capacity? And and Mm. really, it should be sooner than later. Well, absolutely. This is why we have attorneys on staff at Annex. Now, we're not a law firm. We don't draft documents, but we certainly use their expertise to review current estate plans, advise based on new circumstances like caring for a loved one and making sure that they're taken care of in the future. Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, CFP, CDFA. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. We'll be back in a bit to check in with Robert Chastain, Branch Director and Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management in Southwest Florida. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. If the only tool you have is a hammer, everything you fix looks like a nail. Same thing goes for some annuity salesmen. Need help with tax planning? Maybe you need an annuity. Recession coming? Have you tried annuity? Retirement planning? You get the picture. Sometimes you need more than a one-tool solution. It's time for serious fee-only fiduciary planning from Annex Wealth Management. Our in-house team of experts will offer you a rigorously tested plan built just for you. Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. Back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News with Robert Chastain, Branch Director and Wealth Manager, Annex Wealth Management, Southwest Florida. Hey, Robert. Hi, Danny. You know, we talk frequently about life after retirement, how you should plan for it, what's important, so you're fully able to enjoy those golden years. For some of us, you know, we're going 100 miles an hour our whole career. It can be kind of a shock, and you might miss the, the buzz of the grind. That presents an opportunity to keep busy, maybe even work just a little bit to stay sharp and engaged. In fact, I got a friend, 
who is a high-level executive. He retired, and he's really happy. He works about 20, maybe 30 hours a week at a hardware store. His Facebook feed is full of fun stuff that he's experiencing, and I think he is really loving working in retirement. But as with anything, there's upsides and downsides to working in retirement. We're going to start with the upsides, Robert, and get your take on it. At number one, I guess you're relying less on your investments. Well, that's, that is one uh, plus to that, Danny. If you're still working, you still get a paycheck. You're probably spending your paycheck before you tap your investments. So good markets, bad markets, you leave your investments alone and they keep on growing. The bigger the nest egg is, the better off you are. Yeah, we used to call that walking around money, right? So just kind of a <laughs> right? lunch money. Yeah, lunch yes. money, that's right. Working in retirement. An upside is you can continue saving for retirement, though I'm not sure everybody does, right? So if you've done really well and you've got a plan and you're just kind of working to you know stay busy are you still putting into retirement you can i mean you know depending on your situation and this would be a really good topic to cover with a wealth manager because there are so many different things if you do take a job and they have a 401k 403b maybe you should put most of your money in that if you're not spending it or don't need it for expenses Always remember, Social Security takes the 35 highest income years to calculate your benefits. If you get a few more years in there with high earnings, so be it. Let's talk about health care coverage, because that could be more affordable if you get a little thing that you're doing in retirement. Sure is. And Danny, we've talked about this many, many, many shows. Health care coverage, if your job offers you health care coverage and you're not paying for it out of pocket, that's quite the benefit. And if you're not 65 and you're not on Medicare and you can tap into those benefits, it is a big money saver. And if you have some health issues, remember folks, it is the number one thing that will endanger your retirement plan. Robert Chastain, Branch Director and Wealth Manager, Annex Wealth Management, Southwest Florida. Now we'll do the downsides, why working in retirement might not be a great idea. It could affect your Social Security. For most people, it absolutely will. There's very few people that are earning money. It doesn't affect the amount of money they get, the amount of taxes they pay, or at the end of the day, how much money is left in your pocket. So there's some very, I don't want to say complicated calculations to your earnings, but it depends on your age, how much you make, how much your spouse makes. If you're a married couple, how much you both make. This is a great topic to call us on, come see us and we can help you figure out all of these calculations. Yeah, and it might be one of those things that if there's a cap on how much you can make before it starts decreasing your Social Security uh, payout, that kind of keeps a curb on how much you're going to be working, which leads us into our, our last point on the downsides. It might interfere with your quality of life. I mean, why not have the four- and five-day weekend, but if you got to go in and clock in somewhere, why would you want that? Hey, hey, Danny, I just had a client in last week who retired at the end of 22. 62 years old and he's bored already and he came in he said hey you know let's talk about social security how much can i make how much should i make and because his wife is still working i mean it's amazing that we're covering this topic this sunday because i just went through these calculations with him and he's worried about his quality of life he wants to work three days a week we kind of figured out a plan here here's what you can make your three days a week you have your four day weekends kaboom yeah. and 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 he f- figures 
three days a week isn't going to interfere with his quality of life may help him ease into retirement because he's in really good shape 62 years old off he goes so uh, congratulations to yeah him. we should add him on the show this is exactly what we're talking about right exactly right. It, it's it's amazing that we uh covered that uh last week yep quality of life in retirement it is a fantastic goal and we can help let's work together clear things up it all starts at annexwealth.com click that get started button sit down have that conversation with robert chastain branch director and wealth manager annex wealth management southwest florida thank you very much thank you danny oh stick around we're going to talk about generation x next yep it's your turn it's coming up next on money talk the annex wealth management show 92.5 fox news it starts with a call With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management, and right at the top, I'm going to go on record as being an official baby boomer. On one side of the boomers is the silent generation, preceded by the greatest generation, but on the other side is Generation X, which for the oldest members of Generation X are now about 10 years out from traditional retirement. So I'm joined by Keith Butler, a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Keith, you a boomer or an Xer? Are you saying I don't look like a millennial? Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm uh, on the very young end of uh, the baby boom. Yeah, me too. Yeah. All right. There's new research report focusing specifically on Gen X, their financial situation, how they plan, how ready are they for retirement. The headline is they've got some catching up to do. Have you seen the same thing? I have, Danny. And, you know, uh, while I don't pass myself off as an expert on generations, I have done some studying on this topic because it became of great interest to us uh, back when I was in a private practice of law. And I think we need to take a step back and say, why? You know, before we start analyzing this, is why are generations different? Why do baby boomers happen to have a certain ways about them? Generation Xers, a little bit different, the silent before then. And if you look back, it really comes down to how you're raised, the effects of the world around you. For example, greatest generation grew up during the the Depression. When I was a little kid, you know, my father grew up in great poverty in Missouri. It was drilled into me to this day about not wasting. It bothers me to throw away food. You just didn't waste. So these are things that are ingrained in kids, and they're often based on the experiences that they have. Now, we as boomers, most of our parents in the baby boom were the greatest generation. And most of the parents of Generation Xers were the silent generation. Now, there was a a shift because when you and I were, were little kids, Danny, and in my neighborhood, it's all of the mothers were at home. None of them were. But when we went out to play, we just went out to play. There were, there were no play dates. You know, we were just re- seven, eight, nine years old. We're running around the neighborhood with our friends. When it's lunchtime, they call us. And come and, in by the st- time the streetlights come on. And exactly right. That affects your perception of the world. Now, one of the things that we found is that the silent generation, much more so than the greatest generation, got divorced. You have a lot of kids that were millennials, much more so than, than baby boomers, that grew up in a household where they may become what we call latchkey kids. You know, when they were in what is now middle school, was in junior high school, perhaps. As a result of that, what we found is that they have a little bit less trust 
in the future. How that manifested itself when we were looking at this at the law firm is we couldn't quite figure out why the compensation structure was that, you know, you get a salary and then a bonus based on your own productivity and how the firm does and so on and so forth. They didn't like that. They didn't like bonuses. They wanted the money now because they didn't trust the future. They did not trust that bonuses would be there. And it was just kind of contrary to how we expect. We couldn't figure that out. And when we look at how Generation Xers are preparing for retirement, a lot of times you'll hear them say, Social Security, well, if it's there, that they, they don't really have that sort of faith and trust in the future. And that's something I think is, is based a bit on, on the upbringing. Are they behind the eight ball? I mo- most of the data that I've seen says they, they are. A little bit, yeah, they are. It, it, it's probably not too late. They shouldn't dally around too much. I think this is the time to get your financial future in order and to start with a financial plan, even if you are on the younger end of Generation X and you think, well, I got a lot of years, you know, 10, 15, 20 years before I'm going to be retiring. You want to plan for that now because you don't want to have to catch up at the very end. Well, the oldest members of Generation X are roughly 55, 56, right? So they're in that zone. They're probably making pretty good money, but they've got other financial obligations. Mm -hmm. But it's not like the retirement runway is in sight, but it's looming in the distance. It is. It is absolutely there, and it gets there faster than you'd ever believe. It happens quick. It does. We're with Keith Butler, a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Another really surprising thing that I saw is Gen X reports the lowest level of interaction with financial professionals, mm-hmm. only 27%. Yeah, that's really surprising. And again, as you point out, this is the time when they really should be starting to get their ducks in a row as we prepare for retirement. What are the things that they can be or at least should be thinking about with roughly 10 years before retirement? I think it's setting goals, figuring out what is important to you. One other societal shift has been baby boomers are more into spending money on things. And when you get to Generation X and certainly millennials, millennials for sure, spending money yep. on experience, how that plays out. So I think it's it's figuring out what your goals are, where you want to get to. Is legacy important to you? Uh, some people, they, they really want to leave something to their kids. Others, it's like, man, I've already provided for them. We're, we're, we're worrying about us. So I think it's setting some goals and making sure you do kind of the, the easy, basic blocking and tackling. Like, for example, deferring to a 401k plan at least is enough to get your maximum match because that's just free money. And that goes right toward your retirement. Work longer. I mean, a, a lot of people, you know, there's retirement, quote unquote. But now there's also retirement, you know, the uh, second, second phase, retirement. Yeah, yeah. yeah, second phase. I, I, this morning I dropped off my car at a car dealer and got a, a drive here from somebody. That's that's what he's doing. Yep. He's driving the car. He, you know, now he doesn't have the pre- a pressure job. He doesn't have to use discretion. Just Pick this guy up and take him here. And that brings in a little bit of money, maybe some benefits, and that's something that can help your your retirement plan after your normal, you know, professional retirement. Keith, one of the things would be really, and this is what we do, but sit down with a financial planner and get a plan in place because a lot of these unknowns or a lot of these, well, I'll, I'll kind of push them down the tracks a little bit, will become a whole lot more clear. Well, one thing that, that people have to keep in mind is that, you know, some people say, I heard that you need X dollars to retire. You need a million dollars to retire. You need a million and a half dollars to retire. Well, that's nonsense because that is one part of a very complicated equation. There is how much money you have, how much money you will be receiving in Social Security, or maybe have a pension. You know, government employees, union employees have really nice pensions. Um, how much you spend. If anybody says you need to do this, you know, that, that's just not true. There's too many parts to the equation, and that can only be accomplished by going through a sophisticated financial plan with an advisor. 
We do it investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. We do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference? Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Start the wealth metric process. Keith Butler, Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for joining us. Oh, my pleasure, Danny. In a recent study, over one-third of millionaires predicted their ability to feel financially secure in retirement is going to, quote, take a miracle. At Annex Wealth Management, we believe a plan, not a miracle, will help increase your retirement confidence. Our team of experts gets to work using leading-edge technology to build a comprehensive Comprehensive plan covering investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning. And Annex doesn't have products to push with hidden fees or commissions. There's too much of that already. Annex is a fee-only fiduciary. More planning, less miracles. Know the difference. AnnexWealth.com. Back in Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Quick reminder, this show is going to be on Spotify. Look for Annex Wealth Management on Spotify at the top of the hour. So if you came in late, maybe you'd like to hear a little bit more. I'm Danny Clayton. Derek Felsky is our Chief Investment Officer. He's on the show today along with Dave Spano, our President and CEO. Thanks, Danny. Uh, Derek, I did want to have a little bit of a primer on fixed income. You know, so many people have bond funds, and not a lot of people have individual bonds, but the reason why I want to go through this is fixed income has really shown itself as a good opportunity right now. Right. I mean, I, I alluded to what Gunlock was saying, and, you know, when you think about the bond market, you know, a bonds trade above and below par. Given the rise in interest rates, now many bonds are actually trading below par, so you have what they call convexity, which essentially is the ability of the price of the bond to appreciate into expiration. So I'm going to explain called. that, because that's, that's pretty complex stuff. So par is 100, right? And right. so if you buy a bond at, let's say, 90, it's going to go to par when it matures. So you're going to get that 10% in this example, plus the yield that that bond is playing. Exactly. And that was not the case, you know, a year ago when we said buying bonds was like picking pennies up in front of a steamroll. We had right. $16 trillion in sovereign debt that was yielding negative. Now we have zero. Zero. Again, that, that's a big story. You know, we talked about that a lot uh, over the last couple of years that is just shocking that around the world you had negative negative yielding fixed income, which is shocking. Now it's zero. Right. And the Bank of Japan is the, was the last holdout, right? They were the ones that were trying to maintain a, a 0% interest rate. Well, the, the yen was getting crushed. They had to do something. And right. so yield curve control went away. It's something that could potentially crop up down the road again. But the fixed income opportunity is nice because, as you mentioned, you're getting the coupon. You're also getting price appreciation into expiration. And that was not true. So you get a higher carry. And that's, and that's a positive, which is great for savers. So you get price appreciation, you get the yield. And the reason why I bring it up is I see a lot of people uh, throwing these annuities out right now that are showing, you know, rates of four and a half or five percent or whatever it is with, you know, a 65 page prospectus that is included with it. You know, you should just be careful on that stuff because there is alternatives right now that belong in a portfolio. Well, well, and the other reason you need to be careful is if you buy one of those annuities, yes, the yield currently looks pretty good, but you got a 10 your lockup essentially, right? right? You have yep. to pay surrender charges. So if interest rates were to imagine go, being locked up for ten well, years, well, think about well, no. exactly. Think about it's this. Like a jail let's term. let's say we do have a recession in in twenty twenty four, and interest rates go down dramatically. When that annuity is forced to basically reinvest the the, the money that they have in in the contract, right. they're going to be getting lower and lower yields. So you might not want this, but meanwhile you're stuck there, and to right. get out, it's going to cost you a lot of money. Not to mention the upfront commissions you probably had to pay. Yeah, right. I mean, sometimes yeah, they say there's no commissions. But, you know, ask ask your person what they're really getting paid. But, you know, we're not pounded on this for any other reason to say that fixed income is another opportunity. And, of course, when interest rates are up, the pricing mechanism of all 
risk assets, real estate, stocks, and bonds are definitely affected. And let's go to the other side. Let's go back to the equity side. There are stocks that pay dividends that are trading at single-digit PEs, something we haven't seen in a long time as well. That's true. I mean, the, the, the broader market is very attractively priced. The problem is those top 10 names, both in the Russell 1000 growth and the Russell 1000 index. And as an example, at the peak of the tech bubble in the Russell 1000 growth, the top 10 names were 42% of the allocation wow. of the Russell 1000 growth. Guess what the peak was just a, a few months ago? 50.6. That's crazy. Right. So when you think about investing your portfolio, you really want to steer away from those larger companies, and they're the ones that are going to provide a headwind in performance. Larger tech companies. Is what larger, you mean, yeah. larger, yeah. large cap growth companies. So now it may be your last chance. Take a look at those large cap growth funds you own, and if you don't like their recent performance, which I don't think you will, you might want to broaden out and add some small cap exposure. I saw a friend of mine the other day, he runs a, a value fund, and I came up to him and I congratulated him. I said, after all of these years, value's back in play. And that's, that is a true story. I mean, did he you know, find the humor in that yeah, too? He did. He was <laughs> very happy. A great mutual fund manager called Fiduciary. Yeah. So he it was a big smile that value is back now in play. And folks, that is the reason why you've got to go through your portfolio. So growth versus value, small versus large, dividend payers versus growth companies, all of these are part of the portfolio and part of the process to go through right now, Derek. Well, and, and one other thing that you left out, I mean, U.S. versus international. International has yeah. underperformed for a decade, and that's primarily because tech was so strong. There aren't as many tech companies in those indices overseas as there are in the United States, not to mention the valuations are better, the dividend yields are higher, and the dollar, which has been in a long-term uptrend, is appearing to roll over. One more I would add to that, China's reopening, which means that international should be part of the conversation as well. If you need help going through this process, we do this every single day, folks. What we do is we give you two deliverables. One of them is the framework for the financial plan. How is your estate plan? How is your financial plan? How is your tax plan? We have lawyers and CPAs on staff. That is substantially different than any other competitor. And number two, we go and give you a portfolio assessment. This is not one of those things where we're going to sell you a product. This is an assessment of what you have to make sure you're on track. If you've heard what Dave and Derek have been talking about on the show and the rest of our team, and you're like, this makes total sense. I don't quite know how to do it. We know some folks, Annex Wealth Management. Head to our website. It's AnnexWealth.com. What we do is investment and retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning. If you hear me say those four things and like, well, I don't need all that. Really? Think about your legacy. Think about who you want to benefit down the road. And really think about the tax man as well. That's what we do. And we'd love to do it for you. Sometimes getting started is the hardest part. We're ready to set a plan in place. Pick your partner carefully. AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. We're going to be back here next Sunday, noon, Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.